Hey there, and welcome to the Corporate Side Hustler Podcast. And I am your host, Lisa Rigoli, HR manager by day, Instagram manager by night, a wife and a mom of two beautiful girls. Now in 2014, I walked away from the dream job. I worked nine plus years to get to. And here's the deal. I said no to this opportunity because I knew in my gut, I no longer wanted to climb the corporate ladder, but I wasn't ready to leave the corporate world. So I created this podcast channel to support you busy women, to maximize your time while juggling all the things. Each week, my guests and I are sharing how you can attract, nurture, and connect with your ideal audience with intentionality without spending countless hours online. We get the struggle of the juggle, and we want to remind you that you can build and run a profitable side business while working your demanding day job. Thanks for tuning in. Now, let's jump into today's episode. Hey, Kayla, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I feel like we went from talking all the time in the DMs to life just got the best of us and we've caught up on each other's stories. So it's really cool that we get to slow down for a little bit and do this episode together. So I'm really pumped about us having this connection time. And before I dive in so quickly into us reconnecting, I want my audience to get a little feel of who you are. Would you take a moment and just share a little bit about who you are, what you do, and maybe a fun fact. That'll be a cool way to get started. Sure. My name is Kayla Kajiyama. I am a pediatric sleep specialist. I have a background in maternal mental health and well-being, and I've worked in the sleep industry, or I guess you could say field, for the last over 13 years or so. I help families create sustainable sleep habits that actually work for them and aren't from a textbook. I have three children. I live in Hawaii, and my fun fact is I accidentally rescued a rooster. Um, I thought he was a chicken. He's now a rooster. (laughs) Yeah, I have become a rooster mom. He also wants to be a fighting rooster. So it is a whole intense journey over here in like my accidental farm homestead of managing a dog that is getting attacked by a rooster. So that is like my current life. Oh my gosh, this is so funny because we typically don't do fun facts in the beginning. So I'm so glad that it just happened this way. How long have you had this rooster? I saved him. I thought he was going to die. True be told, I thought he was going to die. So I thought I'll just nurse him and he'll die all weekend and it'll be done. He didn't die in April. So (laughs) it's what we're in September now. It's been five months and it's, it's a whole thing. Like it's, it's a whole thing. Yeah. I feel like we're going to definitely talk more about this later. That is definitely fun and interesting fact. Exactly. And then you have three kids. Would you share, you mind sharing their ages so that my listeners? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Almost 15 and 11 and then a seven-year-old. Love it. Okay. So you've, you've experienced all the ages and you're in it no matter what season. I feel like I'm learning with a three-year-old and almost two-year-old that as each, as I get older, there's like a new thing that you're learning and you're just embracing all the oh, yeah. pieces and elements of it. So thank you yes. for sharing that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure we'll get into it because yeah, that has been the most shocking thing of parenting and working from home and running a business and having side hustles and having children is that like, it doesn't, <laughs> It gets better, but it also is always something new. And I did not expect that. So exactly, exactly. Well, this topic, I think so many of my listeners are going to really resonate with because in some shape or form, we are either working from home or we are just juggling multiple things and having kids that are still between that like nap schedule and trying to figure out sleeping can really be a barrier if we don't know some ways to work around it. I, it's like a perfect timing that we're having this conversation because as everyone listens to this, I will be coming back from a week away in Boston due to a family 
sensitive issue. And I'm talking about right now, my kids are completely out of routine and it's causing me to feel a little out of whack. So I feel like I need some of this conversation in my life and these tips. But before we dive in, can you share a little bit about what sparked your interest to be in this space of supporting other, either women or just parents in general around this topic? Yeah, so I have a background in maternal mental health and child development, and I used to work with families with substance abuse concerns and issues, various mental health concerns. And over time, what I noticed when I was doing these home visits and when I was, you know, in the field was this common denominator of this issue of sleep. I used to work and do postpartum support a lot that kind of dove into that maybe about 13 years ago. And continuously, this, this sleep is, is literally a common factor in so many outcomes, whether it's substance abuse, addiction, mental health, physical health, well-being. And I just started to see, wow, there's something here we can actually control to a degree. I mean, children have biological needs. They have developmental needs. You know, they aren't going to sleep 12 hours from birth. But when we learn to support sleep, from birth and for ourselves and can optimize our wellness and our rest and our restorative rest, we have much better outcomes. Again, mentally, emotionally, physically, just how you feel about yourself, even not to mention the outcomes that families were having, especially in the substance abuse area, which I'm so passionate about. And so when families were sleeping, they were less irritable. They were less likely to turn to these substances again. And the outcomes were just basically thriving families. And this applies across the board. And so I decided to, or I didn't decide, it kind of fell into my lap where I started to go into these homes and help alter sleep and help encourage sleep and help support it and seeing how, wow, this subset of families are thriving with the same thing, you know, the same child age as this family. What's the difference here? And it was this, this customized sleep support of understanding basically what's even going on with their child's sleep and not just a textbook, not just a pediatrician telling you, just let them cry and they'll just eventually fall asleep in 12 hours. And and these things, but actual outcomes, because when I notice and I see, and there's evidence to back this up is families that are rested with what they can do, you know, are, are doing better in so many outcomes. So that's where my, my passion for this has become and supporting families who are working from home or also are working, whatever it looks like, whether they're working a corporate job, like most of your listeners and have a side hustle or whatever their situation looks like that you can find rest with what you were given you don't need much. And you can, again, I said it like five times, these outcomes, these positive thriving outcomes that may look different family to family has just been really magical to see unfold. It is magical. It's magical to listen to you share it on this episode, but also as you're sharing it in stories or sharing it in your content on Instagram. One of the reasons why I always gravitate to what you're sharing with your community is the balance between finding the appropriate sleep for your children, but also the appropriate sleep for us as adults, as parents. And I think that's a really nice like balance because typically when you go to a pediatrician, to your point, they may be telling you, oh, let them cry it out or let them do this, but they're focusing so much on the child that they're not marrying the two to show the impact that it has on both parties if we're not having the right sleep. So that's what I'm appreciative. And I think what makes it really magical that people can get excited that it's helping both. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of pediatrician clients now that have babies and they say, oh my gosh, I did not realize that the advice I was giving was not helpful. Like I didn't take into account these families are telling me this because they're, they're, they're withering away because they're working full-time jobs and their children aren't sleeping. And I was over here like, oh yeah, well just do this. Like, obviously you have kids, they're not sleeping. And now they're on the other side and they say, oh my gosh, I'm changing my approach. So exactly. Yeah. It's real. Yeah. Well, I know you have several tips that you're going to be walking us through to help us kind of create this foundation or create a better 
appreciation of what we can be doing differently. Can you share the first tip and let's let the conversation unfold? Yeah, absolutely. And again, these could go so much deeper, but hopefully these will help kind of things you can implement today. So my first tip is really getting realistic with scheduling your day around your child's sleep when you work from home primarily. And what this looks like is if, depending on what you have control of. So I always tell families, start with what you have control of. Do you have control of your schedule or do you not? If you have a, a nine to five that you log onto the computer and you have to be you know, on this meeting and this meeting this time and you don't have wiggle room, then great, we work with that. If you have wiggle room in your, in your day, I have a lot of clients that are therapists or run private practices where they can schedule around their child then great, let's work with that. But let's start with what we can control and not stress over what we can't because there's nothing we can do about that. You know, it doesn't go anywhere. And from there, we look at what is your child need biologically, developmentally, where are they at? And now how can we get their sleep to kind of mesh in with where your schedule is? And sometimes this doesn't work. And sometimes it really, really does. And often we can find the sweet spot of my child really needs to go down for a nap at nine. I have a meeting at nine. So I'm going to wake them up for the day earlier. Sure. It kind of sucks. So I can get them down for their nap at eight 45 and I can walk away realistically knowing they're going to take a nap. They're going to fall asleep or they're okay in their crib. And I can get on my meeting and breathe a little and be okay. Okay. So this is why I love that you're focusing on realistic scheduling is that what's coming up for me, and this may be something that some of my listeners can resonate with, is I am working from home uh, based off my job. My job does require me to travel, but the majority of the time I'm working in at my house. Where it gets slightly tricky is the days that my kids are sick. If they have a fever, <laughs> the school sends them home, and I'm in this space of, all right, well, I already had my schedule planned for the week. Now my kid, my child is home with me and I am now trying to merge them into my schedule. But I I like how you shared how you wake them up maybe a little bit early. So that throws them off slightly on their routine, but it gets them on track to their sleep schedule. So it's controlling what you can control. And I love that there's a buffer because then you can truly almost breathe a minute before jumping on the call. And I try to marry, I'm just like, oh, I'm going to make it work but I don't really, I don't plan. I don't plan. I just hope that it's all going to yeah. fall into place. And then I end up becoming stressed. They're end up being cranky because I didn't create a plan. So this is what's coming up for me. I don't know how that resonates with you. Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, yeah. If someone takes away anything, it's that you can always change things. Sure. It isn't realistic, probably long-term to like move all these things around if it's hectic, but I often, so many times in my boxer and in my support app that I use with clients, it's like, oh no, such and such is home from daycare today, sick. And I have three meetings back to back that I cannot miss. What do I do? And I'm like, okay, well, wake them up 20 minutes earlier today. Let's try that. And let's get them down a little sooner for their nap. Like there's things you can modify or you be realistic with it. And if you have a toddler who isn't ready to nap and you have a meeting, you improvise with kind of survival mode. Again, I'm not sitting here promoting screens and promoting anything. Like I am very, I am a fan of what works for your family. So, you know, I have a client this morning that texted, for example, they have a three-year-old and she has a very important meeting and that, that three-year-old will not be ready to take a nap at that time at all. And, you know, she's like, is it the worst thing in the world if I put on something and kind of just give her some water and a blanket by the couch? And I'm like, no, I mean, you have to work. So, you know, we, we sometimes get caught in like what we should and shouldn't do. And, and sometimes we just have to adjust. And I know that isn't necessarily a nap tip, but it is a real life tip of if we can't force it, we can find things around it. We can incorporate what we can and what we can't do. And we would kind of have to let go sometimes of what we really can't control in that situation. Now, 
as far as scheduling your day around your child's naps, if you log online right now and you Google, you know, five month old nap schedule, you're going to, you're going to find 500 different options. And, and often what happens is families, it doesn't work for them. You have a meeting here, you have a meeting there. And so you look at your child's sleep needs, you look at how long about they need to be awake and you adjust it. You wake them earlier or you don't wake them earlier for the day. You can make your day and your schedule for your child, whatever you want it. Typically it needs to end up being a little consistent for their well-being and for your, you know, mental health as well. But there's ways you can schedule around. And I encourage you to kind of throw out the norms and throw out what the textbook says and what this mom blog says and really look at, okay, my child needs to be awake for about two hours before they can nap. How can I work with this and have maybe an unconventional schedule that works for them and they're thriving on? And that's okay. It does not have to be this, you know, 9 a.m., 1 p.m., 4 p.m. situation. We can work it around what your needs are and what your child's needs are. So something that you you shared in this that I want to make sure I highlight, because I think it's really, really key. And it might actually tap into tip number two is letting go of the norm or letting go of the, the shame that we're putting on ourselves that putting a, t- a, a TV or a iPad in front of our kids to get them through maybe a meeting or get them through closer to time of nap is okay. I, yeah. I, I'm, I am learning and my husband and I joke often that being a parent right now is doing all the things we said we would never do without kids. Like we were like, oh, we're yeah. never, <laughs> we were never going to have them do screen time until they're older. Right now we're in survival mode. And if we're going to put an iPad in front of them for about 30 minutes for an heck, truth be told an hour before it's time for their nap, we're going to do it. But I think there is a feeling of letting, like give yourself grace. So that's okay. And let go of yeah. the shame because the norm right now is that things are different and it's about yep. balance. And I think that's what you talk about and how to function, if you will, around working through that sleep schedule if they're not ready to sleep because of the meeting. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and also in the reality of it, and that is why, I mean, it's a whole sidebar, but that is also why helping create certain habits from early on really help because then I have babies where parents need to get on a meeting and they know their child can be laid down 20 minutes prior to a nap. And they're just going to roll around until they eventually fall asleep. And that is priceless. And that is what I work a lot with families in the early infant week weeks, Ooh. months. Again, there's no, it's never too late. It is never too late to change habits, but that is where sleep habits come into play. If you're taking an hour to put your child down for a nap and it does not work for your work schedule, then let's spend a week and let's change that habit. So they can be laid down and you can walk away knowing I have a mom who's a therapist and she has meetings all day and she can lay her now one and a half year old down in his crib at, you know, whatever time it is, it's like 30 minutes prior to when he really needs to nap and he just rolls around and then he eventually falls asleep. And the pricelessness, it's not even a word of that for her in her practice and in her work. And as a parent, she raves all the time at how helpful it is because she knows she can walk away. He's fine. He's safe. He will fall asleep. It's okay. That it's a little early. And that habit, you know, versus before taking an hour and a half to even get him down has freed her up in her workspace as well. And then obviously as a parent. So yeah, I just think letting go of the, sh- the shame and the guilt, Lisa, because I will be very honest and this ruffles feathers sometimes about the screens, but I have three children and before COVID hit, my children did not like, and I can say that and it sounds judgy, but they were not on screens. They were not, we just, they were outside all the time. Like they were, my older ones are boys. They just built Legos or did whatever they needed to do. And then COVID happened. And I was home with three kids working from home full time. And my youngest child is quite the opposite where I could leave out paint or something for her to do. And it will not, she'll be down the street at the neighbor's 
roof. Like it, it's not a healthy situation. <laughs> she is the child that needs a documentary or something on Netflix or whatever it is. And I know she will be in that spot for that whole hour. And it changed my perspective completely. And I really didn't judge before because everyone does what works, but my eyes were open to, oh my God, it's just what it is. It's just what it is. And this is my peace of mind. I know that whatever is on there, she will sit and watch. She will not be on the trampoline on the roof. I can actually focus on work and it's survival mode. And at the end of the day, you need to work. You need to feed your family. What are you going to, you know, and it sounds so basic, but it's sometimes we just need that reminder. Like it's okay. You can get off Instagram. You can get off the mom blogs and know that like your child's okay. They're loved. I promise that that they are not going to, you know, recede in development. Like like they're okay. I think that's key. I think it's knowing that they're going to be okay. And the fact that you're establishing you're, you're putting in some form of a habit. Like you talked that one of the things that you highlighted too was you can start at any age. So I think that's also making me feel really good that regardless that my youngest is going to be too, it's not too late to figure out what is that habit that I can help her with that if she mm-hmm. needs that alone time, she'll figure out how to fall asleep, but also not to be feel ashamed if that habit doesn't feel like the norm to everyone else's children, because yep. it's not about comparing myself to everyone else. It's about doing what makes sense for my household. So my kids are not stressed. I'm not stressed and they're able to take their nap. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. That's, that's literally the gist of it. And it's never too late to change up things or do something that works. We institute quiet time clocks. There's so many options and it, it, and I'm have a series on Instagram soon about working from home that I'll be doing a few videos on to basically highlight, like, what can you do? Hey, here's some things that actually work, you know, that actually can work for you and make mold to your situation. Let's do it this way. I think this will be a cool way to share some information. And then I want to make sure that we get to some goodies. I think you have something that we can gift my listeners with. But the first question I have from you, for you is in a, I guess, short way without giving all the goods away. Because I think this is how you help your, your clients. How do you help with creating habits? Is there like a quick little trick that you can help share with us on how we can start creating those habits with younger children? Yeah. Depending on their age. I, if they're, if they're very young, like, like infants, when you have your babies as young infants in the early weeks, we focus on feeding them and laying them down when they're awake very early on in their early weeks, because it works again, that's a little more complicated. It can be people often have questions, you know, how does that work? But I really work on what, what works for you and what doesn't work for you in the toddler years. Like, okay, is is sitting with them for five hours working? No. So let's start to phase it out. Let's look at where do we want to be? And that's as simple as that. If your baby is taking 20 minutes to lay down and you want to be able to lay them down and walk away. Okay. Let's start small. Let's put them down. If they're upset, we can pick them back up. We're going to put them back down. So really starting small with your child falling asleep. And then from there, looking at, you know, if you're into habits that aren't working for you as toddlers, as preschoolers, take inventory of what's working, what's not. Okay. What are my steps consistently that I think I can take to get to where I need to go? Okay. This is making me smile just because Izzy, my youngest will be two in October. And she is definitely someone that still requires a nap and I am trying, and she's the one that typically is home more frequently because of being sick and yep. creating these habits. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse because I know this will help her in the long run, but right now I'm like, oh my gosh, can you just stay at school for a full week? But what I love in this, it's not too late to start. So how can I figure out what that habit is? And, and if something that's coming to mind in addition to screens, because I am definitely raising my hand to say that my children do have their own iPad each, but she does like books even. And I, I can actually hear her in her room 
reading to herself. Obviously she's not reading the physical book, but she's remembering some type of conversation around the book. So could I do something like that with the sippy cup? And she's, it's her time in her room until she falls asleep. I never even thought of doing that. And that's probably something I could start doing just to see how it unfolds yes. 20 minutes before she's about her true nap time. Cause we'll just see what happens. Is that, that's what I'm hearing you say, try something to create. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes time. So there's resistance too. If you usually wind down with an iPad or if you usually wind down with a bottle of milk and you're going to change it, there's resistance. Children have preferences and that's expected and that's okay. That's holding space for their emotions, but a hundred percent, you can start with a new habit and give it a week. Toddlers take a little longer to really get something going, but many of my toddlers will lay down with a sippy cup and just some books in their bed, maybe 10 minutes prior, because if we get them in there too soon, sometimes too, that, you know, they fight it when it's new, but yeah, hundred percent, you can literally replace at any time something with something else. And the consistency, they are creatures of habit and they thrive on consistency and boundaries. So you can totally start doing that, especially if she likes to turn the pages. I love throwing a few board books in there and a sippy cup or something to wind down with and then letting that be. What you, okay, I love that. Okay. So then flipping it a little bit for those individuals that have an older child. So like me, my oldest is three and is starting to wind away from nap time. What would you recommend that piece looks like for those of us that do have the meetings back to back? Is it still a habit? Is like, what would you suggest for the non-napping children? Yeah. For non-napping children, they're my favorite right now for some reason, just because it's so, so prevalent right now with <laughs> yeah, back to yeah, school yeah. and preschool. So with non-napping children, I love timers. There are timers that show like a black or red amount of like color left on them. They're on Amazon. They're usually like five to $15 and they're just, you can look at them up. They're like child timers. I love setting those for X amount of time, whatever it looks like an hour or whatnot, and having a special thing that occurs for their quiet time. It doesn't mean the room needs to be dark because we're not trying to get them to nap. And they sometimes will panic when they don't want to nap and the room is dark, but setting up, you know, whether it looks like books in there, coloring, just something that every time, every day at the same time that timer goes on, she knows, or he knows, or they know like, okay, when the red is gone, I'm, I'm done with quiet time. Like I can come out, but actually doing it in their bedroom too. So they're contained or whatever space you have and setting something up quite literally for quiet time, whether some families will do a show or a movie, some families don't actually, because they really want them to just chill and have that. Like if you're having guilt around screen time and you want to save that for later, whatever it looks like other families will just put books or coloring and we start small. So if she's not used to this, I will start literally with 15 minutes, 10 minutes, even of just practicing, being able to stay in one spot and not panic and know that, okay, that's my timer. And then every few days I increase it a bit because as your child increases their patience and ability to hang out, they become just more accustomed to it where eventually they'll probably turn the timer on because kids like to do that, but it won't be where it's an issue. It just is automatic. So I always start small if they're not used to this 10 minutes, even, and that's it for that day, because it's like, oh, wow, you did it. You know? great. And then we move on with our day. And then, you know, a few days later, 15 minutes or 20 minutes and just build up that tolerance and make it something special. Sometimes only certain stuff comes out during that time. It's, it could be a certain book or a certain, you know, coloring pad or pipe cleaners, pretty much anything where it's like, okay, that's the wind down time. And that's where you're going to get this only during this time daily. I love that because what's coming to mind for me is I don't know if Gigi, my oldest is doing this at daycare, but she does like a timer. So when she is sharing something with her sister, she'll ask for my phone to put the timer on. So that way Izzy only has two minutes with the toy. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> but what I love is this Amazon time clock that has colors. Cause I feel like she would totally dig that. 
and appreciate that. And then it becomes a little bit of fun game and then a little bit of ownership of she gets to hit it. So know that I'm going to be running to Amazon the second we are done with this episode to find it. And I'll make sure to put it in the show notes as a link, because that's such a great suggestion to keep it fun and something that they, I think children would gravitate to from like an ownership perspective. Like they feel like they're, they're, they're taking a part in the nap time. Yes. And don't be surprised if she wants to start timing everything. They often do, like you said, sharing the toys. Sometimes it will even say like, nope, we're going to go in X amount of time. And some of these clocks do go longer. Most of them I think are only up to an hour or so, but it's helpful because even like, Hey, when this gets the red is away, we need to get dressed. And it really is cool for mornings, for routines. It's, it's a really, I use it in my home, really cool tool and ownership where she can press it. She can have it in her room or in her space and it isn't your phone. And it's surprisingly really empowering for them. I love it. So you shared so many great tips with us. And I want to recap it for those of us that are note takers. The first one is realistic tips for scheduling your day with your child's nap. And Kayla, one of the things I really appreciated is that just being okay that, Hey, if we know a nap time is in the middle of our back-to-back calls, how do we just wake up a little bit earlier so we can get our kids down a little bit earlier before their nap time to allow them to ease into that and also give us a minute to breathe before jumping on that next call. The second piece was around truly how to function and work when sleeping isn't happening. And I love how we kind of did it in a two-prong approach of, okay, if your child is still sleeping, how you can set habits and that habits is going to take time and that resistance is okay. But whatever the habit is, how do you initiate it for your children to adapt to it? And then the second piece is if you have a non-napper, how do you use that timer? So that way it's a special thing that occurs during that nap time. Did I capture that correctly? Yeah, you did. Yeah, absolutely. And then Kayla, I know that you also have a little gift maybe for my audience to download. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah. Again, you know, in recent years, especially with families working from home, so much of my focus has shifted to really making sure families can feel rested and supported and know they, they can do it. Like you can have your children, your work, your side hustle when you manage your expectations. So I do have a guide that basically just outlines support for what it looks like when you work from home and are running a business or working your corporate job or whatever it looks like and having children at home and how sleep and how you can kind of shape the sleep a bit and really support to have a thriving family, you know, in the most practical sense. This isn't textbook advice. This is real life advice from my many, many, many clients that, that do this day in and day out. And what I see working hands-on in homes with families that actually can work for you. Love, 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 love it. Thank you seriously so much. How can my listeners, and I should slow down for a second and say that freebie will be linked in the show notes below. So don't worry, you'll be able to click on it and get access to it. But Kayla, how can my listeners get connected with you? Where should they start following you to learn more about these great tips? Yeah, I am pretty active on Instagram at sustainable.sleep. And there you can find links to many other freebies I have. I do a Q&A Tuesday every week and try to share you know, throughout the week various tips with toddlers, infants, prenatally, you know, older children, everything. So come join us on Instagram, sustainable.sleep. Thank you. Thank you. And Kayla, before we depart, is there any other things or words of wisdom you want to depart us with before we wrap up? Yeah. I just want to reiterate that it is never too late to change the situation you're in. Many families feel so hopeless. Like I'm trying to work and I have these two kids and they don't nap and they don't sleep at night and I'm exhausted. And everyone says that's fine and this and that. And I want you to know at any moment you can choose again. 
you can support your child from birth for healthy sleep habits that work. You can change those sleep habits at three years old, at five years old, at seven years old, at two years old. You can always change your situation. And often if things are really hectic and not working when you are working at home and have this corporate job and a side hustle, when you take inventory, I can bet you about 95% of the time sleep is where it's going to boil down to. So you can always change. And there is so much hope for any situation you are in. It can always get better. And I think so many families need that, especially right now in recent years, just that reminder of it, it can and does get better. I love that. That's such a great way to ground us in that there is hope in how we can create these schedules in this very unique season that we're in. And also just that friendly reminder to have grace on ourselves that it will be rocky, rocky and it will be messy at times, but there is a system. There is a thing that you can put into place. So Kayla, thank you so much for all the tips that you share with us. And thank you so much for just having a conversation with me today. It's been great talking with you. It was so nice talking with you too. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, here's what I want you to do. Take a quick screenshot of you listening to the Corporate Side Hustler podcast and upload the image to your Instagram stories and tag me in it at the Corporate Side Hustler. I would love to hear from you and connect with you on Instagram. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you the same time next week. Until then, enjoy the rest of your day. Bye for now.